Thank you, and once again, good day to students and teachers of the Word of God. Our lesson for these past few weeks has dealt with pneumatology, the subject of the Holy Spirit. We've been working now for several months on this very important subject. Our lesson today is lesson number 55 of pneumatology, dealing with the gifts of the Holy Spirit. Now, to review briefly what we said in regards to the contrast between the gifts of the Spirit and the fruit of the Spirit, the fruit of the Spirit is the working out of the Holy Spirit in the life of the believer. Those are fruits or bunches of grapes that glorify God the Father, according to John 15, verse 1 to 6. The Christian should be a fruit-bearing Christian, and when he bears fruit, he honors God. When he bears uh, more fruit, he honors God more. And Christ said that uh, the Father is glorified if he bears much fruit. There's no doubt, of, co of course, about the instrument the Holy Spirit uses to bring forth fruit in the life of the Christian. It is the Word of God. When Jesus Christ wanted to talk about a seed-bearing fruit, he said, The seed cannot bear fruit if it abideth alone. The kernel of corn lying on your kitchen shelf will never blossom into a stalk. If you put it in the ground and let it die, if you bury it, if you bury it and let it die, it'll bring forth much fruit. Now, this seed is called the Word of God. In Matthew chapter 13, when Jesus Christ gives the power of the sower and the seed, he said, The sower goes down there and throws that seed down. That seed, some of it bears fruit and some of it doesn't. Now, this is vital for the understanding of the child of God who is interested in bearing fruit for the glory of God and honor and glorifying God the Father. Because God is not glorified and honored by uh, some fool standing up and mumbo-jumbo, hostile, sham, dantai, bull-tie, blubber-blabber-blibber, even though some pervert may pervert the Word of God to make him think that that's what the Bible teaches. The Bible says nothing of the kind. God is glorified in the life of the Christian that brings forth much fruit, and the fruit comes from a seed, and the seed is called the Word of God, not the gifts of the Holy Ghost. As a matter of fact, in the parable of the sower and the seed, all the fruit came from the seed, and the seed is said to be the Word of God. So where there is Bible rejection, rejection, there is counterfeit fruit and counterfeit gifts. Now, I want to make that very clear. Where there is Bible rejection, that is where Luke 2.33 has been ordered to meet the modern movement of the modern apostate fundamentalists, that is, the modern faculty member of the modern Christian college or university, where 1 Timothy 3.16 has been ordered to meet the demands of the National Council of Churches by the apostate fundamentalists at the largest Christian universities, where there's a rejection of the Word of God, the fruit of the Spirit must be counterfeited. Now, this explains the peculiar artificial Christianity produced by the largest Christian colleges in America. If you ever met these people and dealt with these people, the first thing that you'll notice about them is what we call their artificial holiness. It is what we call a forced piety. You'll notice about them a certain kind of a shine and kind of a polish. And if you kick it one time, the veneer will drop off and scatter all over the floor. You'll notice this counterfeiting of the fruit of the Holy Spirit in the highest colleges and Christian universities. You'll find the counterfeits of the gifts of the Spirit in the charismatic groups. Now, I say this because all you have to do is kick him one time and watch the slap drop out. A man that is rooted and grounded in the Word of God doesn't get upset that easy. I have these Campbellites phone me up on the telephone and say, My brother, we want to ask you to come, if you would, and debate your thesis with us. And, oh, they talk so quiet and dignified. You know what I tell those fellows? I say, I'll debate with you at my house today at 10 o'clock. You be sure there, you're there. If you don't have a yellow streak up your back a foot wide, and if you don't show up, just admit you're a coward and shut up. My, does their demeanor ever fall apart. Boy, do they lose their pacing and timing. You think that fellow answers back, you know, in that smooth, slick voice? 
Why, man, he gets as nervous as a termite in a yo-yo. Let me tell you something. Where the hypocrite has tried to counterfeit the fruit of the Holy Ghost when he doesn't have it, and the gift of the Spirit where he doesn't have it, all you have to do is kick him one time, and he'll come loose like a wild Indian. Now, I was a full-time evangelist 11 years, from 1949 up to 1960. I was a full-time pastor for 11 years, from 1960 to 1971. I've been a full-time Bible teacher now for seven years. And there may be a great deal about life I don't know much about. But I'll tell you, when it comes to the Bible and God's people, I've tried them so many times, I could give you scientific laboratory experimental proof of everything I'm about to say. You know what you can do? If you're rooted and ground in the Word of God, you can go to any Pentecostal holiness charismatic healing in this country and sit there and enjoy yourself and get you a belly full of laughter and walk out having learned something. But there isn't one charismatic holiness Pentecostal in this country who can go into a church and hear a 40-minute message exposing the heresy of tongues without getting up and leaving the building or cursing or standing up in the pew publicly and making a perfect ass out of himself. Do you know why that is? Because these people are counterfeits, and they don't have the grace even to sit through a service. I remember one time one of these hostile Ashan Dion blubberty blabberty flip blobble dobble dooble came up to me after service and said, Oh, Brother Ruckman, you know the line, don't you? Oh, Brother Ruckman, we're just praying to you, Brother, and we know that you think you're right, and we understand we don't pick an argument with you. We don't, we don't want to argue doctrine. We just love you, Brother. Oh, oh, we just pray that you'll get the gift of the Holy Ghost, and that God baptize you with his love. Look at this revolution. You know the old line, don't you? But listen, Brother, when those old hypocrites talk, they have piety running out of our mouths like saliva slobbering out of the jaws of a timber wolf. And they show dear brother, I mean, I just I just don't even understand. But when the Holy Spirit came upon me and overcame me, oh, I've just seen revolution in my life, and I've had so much love. You know the line, don't you? Now listen, when that little two-bit faker got through of that, you know what I said to her? I said very quietly and very levelly, I said, Well, sister, God bless you all. I'll be praying that someday God will give you a decent gift. And I thank God He's given you the least gift that He gave to the carnal church at Corinth. And I know you're a carnal Christian, or you wouldn't have wanted that gift. But I'm glad God gave you something, and I'm going to pray for you, and someday he'll give you something real like he's given us. Why, she came apart at the seams. Yes, I would, too. You wouldn't if you were rooted and grounded in the world's word, son. Now, that's if you're rooted and grounded in the world. That's it. If you were rooted and grounded in the word, you couldn't shake you with a shaking machine. I one of these hypocrites come up in one time and he said, Brother Ruffin, you have initial evidence of baptism the Holy Ghost speaking other tongues? I said, I sure do. And I tipped back my head and I gave him a little bit of Ehaf Shanayim Shalosha Bawanisha Shisha Shiba Shimona Lika Bisama Al Tutu Masakitki Bunzukwad Khan Magala Ayai Tantano Yores Porche Cantando Vendi Zoldat and Dushki Stop Mashira. I threw a bunch of German, Spanish, Tagalog, Filipino, and Japanese at him. That poor soul didn't know where he was at. When I got through, I said, I thank God I speak with more tongues than you all. You know what he said? He said, oh, he said, you blasphemed the Holy Ghost. Now imagine that poor fool talking like an idiot like that. Well, that fellow was so shocked and upset, he almost had a heart attack. You know what he was? He was a fake. You know how to tell whether or not the enamel or the varnish on something is uh, the right kind of stuff? 
just kick it one time. You know how to tell what kind of fruit is in a tree? Shake the tree. And let me tell you something, if that artificial fruit hang all that tree, it'll all drop off on the ground. Now, we're dealing in this lesson on the gifts of the Spirit. This is what the modern apostate fundamentalist is interested in. What he wants to do is get away from the authority of the Bible and become his own authority, and he cannot be authority, authoritative unless he claims to have apostolic authority. Therefore, he is always going to ask the apostles to get his authority and trying to prove he has the apostolic sign given to Israel. And the way to prove this is to get in the first Corinthians 12 and try to claim that the apostolic signs of Israel are still manifest today. Thereby, he can counterfeit these signs and claim apostolic authority, and this makes him the authority instead of the Word of God. Now, that's what's going on. The nationwide movement that is costing Christians millions of dollars is quite similar to raising $150 billion to build a launching pad to shoot off firecrackers or send up leaky balloons. It is a counterfeit movement designed to overthrow the authority of the Word of God. Now, in 1 Corinthians chapter 12, we have the kind of gifts listed. 1 Corinthians 12, 8 to 10, we find the gifts of wisdom, knowledge, faith, healing, miracles, prophecy, discernment, tongues, and the gift to interpret tongues. You will notice that tongue is the least gift that God can give the carnal Christian. These carnal Christians at Corinth were all wrapped up in the gifts and ignoring the fruit of the Holy Spirit. The Lord gave them these gifts and spoke about these gifts to them, and the least one he could give them, of course, was tongues. It is always at the bottom of the list. You'll notice, too, it is not only bottom in order accidentally, but also in the bottom as far as prestige is concerned. For example, in 1 Corinthians chapter 12, verse 28, we read, God has set some in the church first. You see the order? Apostles. Secondarily, you see the order? Prophets. Thirdly, teachers. Any Bible teacher has more spirituality and power than somebody who fools with tongues. After that, here are the least gifts. Miracles, we walk by faith and not by sight, so if you're walking by sight, you're down the ladder a good bit. Then gifts of healing, helps, governments, diversities of tongues. Bottom gift. The least thing that a Christian can get is tongues. That's the smallest one. So when Paul says, covet earnestly the best gift, 1 Corinthians 12, 31, he is plainly telling you not to waste five minutes trying to get tongues. Now, this is where the great uh, charismatic blasphemers and the great Bible perverters, the great spiritual freaks, the 20th century Laodicea in church, come in and shine their best. They are always trying to get the least thing that God can give them, and when they get it, they're trying to pretend they have the greatest thing that God ever gave anybody. This is the manifestation of the old nature. This is the carnal Corinthian Christian. Paul said in 1 Corinthians 12, 31, covet the best gifts. Not only that, he said, covet earnestly the best gifts. Now, this was a commandment in the imperative. It's mandatory, not obligatory. The commandment was, covet earnestly the best gifts. Now, let me ask some of you Bible-rejecting fundamentalists, what have you done to that verse? That was a commandment. That was just as much a commandment as be filled with the Spirit, love your neighbor. That commandment said, covet earnestly the best gifts. B-E-S-T. And tongues is in the bottom of the pile in the list in verse 30, the list in verse 28, and the list in verse 10. Now, let me ask you this before we continue. 
Why have you disobeyed the Word of God? What spirit was it that led you to believe that you were obeying God when you were sinning against the Lord and against the Bible and the commandments of God? Paul said in 1 Corinthians chapter 14 about these matters of which he wrote, If any man think himself to be a prophet or spiritual, let him acknowledge the things that I write to you are the commandments of the Lord. Now, my dear backslidden brother and sister in Christ, why have you sinned against God and broken the commandments? Who was it that led you to covet a gift God told you not to covet? Where is that dirty God-defying rascal who gave you all that pious talk and all that love talk and all that slobbering about loving the brethren? Where is the dirty rascal that got you to sin against God and break the commandments of the Lord? 1 Corinthians chapter 14, verse 37 1 Corinthians chapter 12, verse 31. And don't you get mad at me for exposing sin, that's a preacher's job. And don't you get mad at me for exposing falsehood, that's a teacher's job. I've been a Bible teacher and, a, and an evangelistic preacher for 28 years. That's my life work. Don't you correct me, I'll correct you. 1 Corinthians 12, 31 told you to covet the best gifts, not the least ones. And 1 Corinthians 14, 37 said that thing that Paul wrote was the commandment of the Lord. So the biggest question to you right now is not whether you can lose it or whether you can get it or whether you can keep it. The biggest question to you is why have you sinned against God living like the devil in denying what God said? That's your problem. Now, if you've done that, do you think any of us who know the Bible are interested in your gift? Who are you trying to kid, sonny? Do you think those of us who know that book are concerned about what you think about what you are? That book says if you've covered a tongue, you've disobeyed God. Now, don't waste our time in a lot of hot air, all right? All right, 1 Corinthians 12, 28, the gifts that fit one to be an apostle, prophet, teacher, miracle worker, healer, helper, and administrator, or linguist, are found in this chapter. Ephesians 4, 11 to 6 adds the following, the gifts of evangelism, the pastoral gifts, and the gifts for the ministry, but the gifts in Ephesians chapter 4 are people. The gifts in 1 Corinthians 12 are attributes or things. Romans 12, 6 to 8 adds some more, which you never hear the charismatics talk about. about. This is the gift of exhortation, the gift of giving, the gift of ruling, and the gift of showing mercy. All in all, counting the list in 1 Corinthians 12, Ephesians 4, and Romans 12, and no charismatic knows anything about the gifts of Romans 12 or Ephesians 4, we have 24 different gifts of the Holy Spirit. The gifts are sovereignly given. 1 Corinthians 12, 11, quote, But all these worketh that one and the selfsame Spirit, dividing every man severally as he will. The Holy Spirit then placed the new convert in the body of Christ, we discussed that on the baptism of the Holy Ghost, and appropriately endows him for that particular location in the body. Notice especially Ephesians chapter 2, verse 21 and 22. It is the prerogative of God to choose the location. As he chooses the location, he continues to fashion and fit the new cell to grow into the body. The gifts are for the profit of all the body. 1 Corinthians 12, 7. Quote, the manifestation of the Spirit is given to every man to profit with all. It is given to make the cell most useful and profitable in the body of Christ. Then the whole body profits because of the new gift that is added to a believer. The human body does not have unnecessary parts, even as the appendix has a function. And neither should the body of Christ have useless groans in it. The Bible said about a man, if he boasts himself of a false gift, he is like winds and clouds without rain. Now, these are the Christians who profess to be gifted, who are not gifted. 
and they're like useless drones. God never put drone in the body of Christ just to buzz around and do nothing. So when a man professes to have a gift he doesn't have, he's nothing but a parasite. Our conversion baptism into the body, 1 Corinthians 12, 13, was more than just so that we could escape hell. It was so that we should be a help and blessing to the body. That is, God not only saved us from hell, that's negative, but put us in a place where we could be a blessing to others, that's positive. <clears throat> the body of Christ should be stronger because you have been placed in it and qualified by special gifts from the Holy Spirit. The gifts are to be desired, to desi to desi to be desired 1 Corinthians 12, 31. Paul says, covet earnestly the best gifts. Now, the best in the passage as given, as we can see by studying the passage, are plainly the ones at the top of the list. At the top of the list, we find in chapter 12, verse 8, the word of wisdom, the word of knowledge. Those the two top in the list in 1 Corinthians 12, 8. The next list, the two top in 1 Corinthians 12, 28, are apostles and prophets. The next two in the next list at verse 29 are apostles and prophets. You'll be careful to notice that the least or smallest or most insignificant gift in all three lists is the gift of tongues. Now, this is very significant, or the Germans say, very interesting, because you will hear more racket and more noise made about that gift than any other gift. Now, doesn't that strike you as very peculiar? I'm in view of the fact of three times God told you it was the bottom of the pile. How do you count for the fact that people keep hollering about that one gift more than the rest of them? Now, that's something to pray about, isn't it? Why don't you pray about that about two or three years before you go around shooting your mouth off about something you know nothing about, okay? How do you explain the fact that all the roar in this country about gifts centers on that one gift, and that one gift is on the bottom of the pile? You know, if you had an ounce of sense in your head, wouldn't that lead you to suspect that somebody is full of baloney up to their ears? Wouldn't that lead you to suspect that the mark of the carnal Christian is shooting off his mouth about something he knows nothing about? Wouldn't that lead you to believe these people are trying to counterfeit something they don't have? Why, if a man had it, he wouldn't say much about it. It's the bottom of the pile. According to the Holy Spirit who gave the gift, the Holy Ghost who gave the gifts and the manifestation put tongues as the least thing a man could get. Now, you know that, what that shows me about the people who keep talking about that thing? They don't know the Holy Ghost. The Holy Ghost wrote contrary to what these people are doing. The gifts are to be desired, but he said, covet earnestly the best gifts, plural. Don't be satisfied with the bottom of the pile. Seek the best ones, wisdom, knowledge, the ability to prophesy. We find the apost apostolic age is gone, and of course the gifts are given different times for different things. When the body of Christ was first started in the Acts of the Apostles and came into being as a living organism, God had apostles minister to it. Later on, the apostles all died out. That's firstly apparent by the fact that no replacement is chosen for James. You did notice that, didn't you? You people always school in Acts 2. Did you ever read Acts chapter 12? You remember what replacement was chosen for James when he got his head cut off? No replacement. There was a replacement for Judas in Acts chapter 1. There was none for James in Acts chapter 12. 
And when the apostles die out, the gifts the apostles were equipped with, the apostolic signs, go out with them, and nothing could be any clearer than that. Second Corinthians chapter 12, verse 12, says, Truly the signs of an apostle were all among you. Therefore, although many of the gifts in 1 Corinthians 12 are still active in the body of Christ, and Paul says, Every man hath his proper gift of God, one after this manner, one after another, and the gifts must be used. Paul says to Timothy in 1 Timothy 4.14, Neglect not the gift that is in me, and stir up the gift of God that is in me, 2 Timothy 1.6. Those gifts have nothing to do with the sign given to Israel. Now, turn to 1 Corinthians 12, and I'll show you where every man who's using more than one translation of the Bible is trying to pull off a counterfeit Christianity for a counterfeit church. 1 Corinthians 12, begin at verse 8. And when you come down to this list, notice that the gifts given to the body of Christ during the Acts of the Apostles include signs given to Israel because the Jews seek for a sign. Notice in particular, underline it, mark it, 1 Corinthians chapter 1, verse 22. The Jews require a sign. Now, have you got that? Did you read that? You were not told the Christians require a sign. As a matter of fact, you're told the, sign, the tongues are not for a sign to a believer, but to an unbeliever. 1 Corinthians chapter 14, verse 22, Wherefore tongues are for a sign, not to them that believe. Is that clear? Isn't it amazing how you people can send thousands of dollars into these radio and television programs to bolster up something that's just as godless and perverted and depraved as hell itself because the man talks nice and quotes scripture? Isn't that, isn't that, isn't that, a, isn't that a marker that shows you where you're at in this age? You have never heard in your life any man that's fool with tongues ever even quote 1 Corinthians chapter 14, verse 22. And if you'll do, if you ever do, it'll be after hearing this broadcast. And yet 1 Corinthians 14, 22 told you what tongues were. They were a gift given to the apostolic church during apostolic times for a sign to a man who didn't believe the believer had the Holy Spirit in him, and the signs were given to the Jews in the community. The Jews require a sign. And this explains why the only three times in the book of Acts anybody speaks in tongues they speak in a foreign language to somebody of another race. Did you notice that? Did you notice in Acts chapter 2, when those Jews speak in tongues, they're giving it as a sign to unsaved Jews and Jewish proselytes that came from all over Europe and Asia? Did you notice when those converts of Paul, who'd been converts of Apollo, speak in tongues in Acts chapter 19, they're doing it to Jews in a synagogue there? There isn't one time in that Bible where tongues ever shows up that it isn't a sign given to Israel, a Jew who doesn't believe the Holy Spirit is operating. Not one time. The only time you find that is in Texas, Oklahoma, Mississippi, Washington, Portland, Oregon, California, Florida, Georgia, Tennessee, Alabama, Ohio, Michigan, Wisconsin, and Kansas City in 1977. Why, you're not dealing with Bible-breathing people. You're dealing with communist heretics, man, and their god is humanism. They worship people and people's experiences. They don't worship the Lord. They don't believe what the Lord said. 
1 Corinthians 12, 8, For to one is given by the Spirit the word of wisdom, plainly still active in the body of Christ. Wisdom is not a sign. To another the word of knowledge by the same Spirit. This gift is plainly still active in the body of Christ. Knowledge of the word of God is not a sign. To another faith by the same Spirit. And the top three gifts are wisdom, knowledge, and faith. The top three gifts are not signs Israel. Nine, to another the gifts of healing by the same Spirit. Healing is plainly a sign. And this is why in Mark chapter 16 we read, These signs shall follow them that believe, they shall lay hand with the sick, and they shall recover. Notice, please, those apostolic signs given to apostles were gifts to lay hands and people may recover without prayer, without a prayer request, without a prayer line, or anything else. He said they lay hands on them and they would recover. There is one healer in the United States, living or dead, who ever had that gift. And when you try to prove that because he laid his hands on 20 people or 30 people that later said they recovered, that many had the gift, you ought to have your head looked at, because if the man had the gift, he wouldn't have wasted five minutes for those 20 people. Now, you listen to me. If a man had the apostolic sign in Mark 16 given to the apostles who were all Jews, and that sign was still out there today, he would never preach in a church or a tent. He would spend his life in hospitals, going from bed to bed, laying his hand on sick people. He would do it ten hours a day till his own life gave out, if he was an honest man. And he did it some other way. He was trying to make a living off a sucker. If I knew right now I had time in my hand to lay my hands on people made recover, and that is the sign given in Mark 16, and don't you misword it. Don't you try to say, well, I was hitting one time, God laid his hands on me later on. Don't give me that stuff. In Mark 16, it says, they'll lay hands on the sick and they'll recover. There was nothing said about a healing line or a prayer request or faith or prayer or nothing. You're over in James. And James is not talking about the gifts. The gifts are in 1 Corinthians 12, and the apostolic gifts assigned to Israel are in Mark 16. If I had no had to have power in my hands, lay my hands, the people need to recover, do you think I'd waste five minutes preaching in a tent or getting on a TV program with a telephone trying to raise enough money to put up a hot dog stand? Well, listen, bud, I'd spend my life going to the cancer wards of every hospital in this country. And I'd get more results in a month than any healer in this country ever lived, got in a lifetime. Don't be a sucker all your life, friend. Study your Bible. Verse 10, another work of miracles, assigned Israel. To another prophecy, not a sign, still active. To another discerning of spirits, not a sign, still active. To another diverse kinds of tongues. What are tongues? First Corinthians 14, 22. Wherefore? Tongues are for a sign. Is that clear? Do you have any problem understanding? Your only problem is the basic problem of a demon-possessed Christian who's got a hold of the wrong spirit. I tell you, I advise you to do. I advise you to go someplace and get alone on your knees and renounce all your personal experiences and renounce all your goose pimples, and you're probably bubbling, you're falling apart nervous system, and your hair standing on end, your goose pimples, and open the Word of God and say, Dear Lord, from now on, help me to believe what you say, the way you say it. Teach me, send somebody who can teach me the truth of God, to honor and respect and reveal your Word, 
Lord, help me to take you at your word, to mean what you say and say what you mean. And my hope and faith may it be built on nothing less than Jesus' blood and righteousness. May I stake my soul on the naked word of the living God and trust that God is true and all men are liars. And from this day forward, help me to live not by sight but by faith and walk the life that's pleasing in your sight for Jesus' sake. Amen.